you're listening to the Power of Video podcast, episode number 64. Today, you're going to learn how one photographer grew her brand to more than 235,000 subscribers on YouTube. You're also going to hear all the technical challenges that she ran into and how she overcame them. And she also gives us an inside look of what it's like to run a production company with her significant other. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by photographer, business owner, and future Canadian Idol contestant, Lizzie Pierce. How's it going? Uh, oh, I didn't expect that one. Things are good. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. Everyone knows you for your photography, and I'm just curious to as like where your aha moment was or if you had one. It's like, man, I really want to be a photographer. Yeah, I I always loved the art. Uh, so my first love was music and it was actually video editing. That was my first interest in high school. Um, I had to do it, some of it for a school project. And I went over to a friend's house cause I didn't have editing, any editing software on my computer. And, um, I think he actually fell asleep because I got so excited and doing it myself. And so he was just asleep on his bed. I'm on his computer and it was just like four hours of like, extreme dedication to this having the time of my life like once you're in the zone you're in the zone and I think that's when I realized I'm like oh I could get into this whole like you know media realm I always had an interest in photography but funnily enough I wasn't allowed to take the photography class in high school because I didn't have the prerequisite for it so uh, <laughs> so I was I would literally wasn't allowed and I didn't actually get my first um I would say more professional DSLR until I was in going into my third year of university. But I had, I mean, I was always taking pictures and making stupid videos with my friends. They just weren't good, but I was having fun doing it. And um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at my old Flickr account the other day and like, <laughs> those are horrible. They are terrible, terrible photos, but it it's just like, I don't know. There's, there's nothing like it. And especially for me, um, I, I loved doing that as a job for sure, whether it was headshots or like, of course, everyone starts in like the world of corporate because that's where the the money is. But mm -hmm. when I could create, uh, take a photograph of something, especially in nature and make it art, that was so satisfying and imagining it like as a print on my wall or, you know, getting to edit it and just being like, wow, look, you know, look at this thing that I made and having it like create like this emotion inside of you. That was, it was so exciting and rewarding to me. And I, I don't know, it's like, how do you explain what you love about something? You're creating it out of nothing. And it's just like, you know, when, if you're, if you're an art lover, if you love music, if you love painting if you love any of that you know it's just it's freedom of expression it just feels natural to you it feels good so i'm addicted <laughs> yeah no it's just like i said it always just it's for especially for creatives i'm just so fast because i unfortunately was never born with like a god-given talent whether it's photography or acting or playing a musical instrument or singing i know well, but maybe but you know what I'm talking about where like you, you, it's like a fire inside and you can feel it pulling and pulling in certain directions. Like, I don't yeah. know, like for, for me, I, I was always fascinated with, um, 
like interviewing or just like things on TV. And I don't know how, if you remember, but uh, there was a show on MTV when cable first came out called TRL total request live and Carson Daly was the host. And I was like, wait a minute, this guy gets to be on TV, talk to bands and like, just be in front of these crowds. I was like, you get paid for that. And I was just so, I will never forget that. I was just so pulled to it. So it's always interesting to see where everybody like, especially with multiple, like you said, you have like a singing background, photography and video editing. So it's, I always wonder, is it like multiple fires going off or is it like, okay, there's one serious one and this is the direction I'm going in. I think everyone just, I think you find what you like because you look at it and you're like, wow, that looks like fun. Mm -hmm. You know, that looks you, there's an interest for it. And I don't know if it's like a, a need or like an itch to scratch, but you're like, wow, that looks like something I would enjoy. Um, and what an interesting thing to learn. Mm -hmm. And initially, if I want to go back to when I was really, really little, I thought I was going to be a singer because I, I saw these people on stage, you know, dancing and performing. And there's again, all these crowds. And I'm like, wow, that looks awesome. And I love singing. And so I was like, I'm going to be a singer. That's it. As I grew up, I was like, that is not, no, <laughs> that's yeah. not, no, that's not it. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I you know how many people say that that can be their, their career at the end of the day. And like, I have other interests. I like to travel. Um, I, I'm really interested in, oh my gosh, I have so many things I'm interested <laughs> in, like fashion, flying. I like, um house organization now that i have a home i'm getting more interested in design you know like we all have things yeah. we enjoy doing and it was like okay if this is going to be my job i want to enjoy my job but also what's going to be able to provide me with the lifestyle i want and so you know acting and singing not really gonna get me there um especially knowing that like i'm no adele i have a nice voice but i'm no adele okay yeah. so i'm like yeah that that's gonna be it for me and like i picked up a lot of different instruments piano cello um, guitar. So like you have hobbies, but what you end up doing for a job is there's other factors, unless you like, unless you're one of those people that you're like, Oh, I love this so much. And like, I have some friends who are actors and they're very successful because that was their drive. But I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I have it in me me to (laughs) (laughs) push quite that hard. Yeah, Um, it's a, it's a crazy, the creative world is crazy, but you touched on something. You said you had a Flickr account, um, with photos that are just glorious. Have you ever thought about taking those photos and then trying to put your actual spin on it right now, whether that's fixing the composition or even if you could, I don't know if you'd still have the raw file, but somehow like a before and after of when you started versus now. That's a funny idea for a YouTube video, actually. I mean, some of them are just so bad that I don't know. I know, but you're so, like, I feel like you could do a before and after and really, like, yeah. get I think a gauge. Part of it is, like, like, they were practice. Like, one, for example, is um, it's two benches back to back, and they had this really unique, like, swirly kind of arch. And I thought, okay, I'll shoot down the middle of it because there's like this symmetry. But at the end of the day, it's just the back of two benches. Like, how? Do you, like, I don't know how to make that better. <laughs> to be the honest, thing, 
it's not the picture it's the story though you could yeah. spin it in some way it's uh, like oh there was just some couple there and it's like the love was in the air and the vibe was there and they just yeah. left and i had to capture the moment but if you if and when you do that video can i get a sh not a shout out but i need some street cred yeah, be like i was on give me some credit for sure it's, yeah. a, it's an interesting idea but like that was me practicing perspective and getting the angle right and um you know also i think that shot's completely out of focus because i didn't realize like the minimum focus distance on my lens was like terrible and so i think it's focused like halfway through the bench because i wanted to get close enough to frame it properly so like there's a lot of things wrong with it so i could <laughs> but uh so that was it's practice you know what i mean you see something interesting you take a picture of it you go back and you see all the things you did wrong and then you do it again and then you know five years later you realize that was a boring photo to begin with <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you it's a story because even if it's blurry and how where it's messed up you could be like look i tried to get it close enough so it would blur this part but not this yeah. part when the truth of the matter is and we'll, we'll yeah. keep it between you me and the wall here is that it was just out of focus yeah. i have a photo where um my husband and i roasted all of my photos mm -hmm. on my my old Flickr account so mm -hmm. that's pretty funny mm -hmm. um I wanted to, I actually, it's funny that we're talking about it because I was going to bring it up again and do like a shorter version for TikTok and just redo like a, a very swift roast of all of those photos one more time. So I feel like that'd be really funny. But yeah, you, you don't, especially with photography, like you're not born great at it. I think it's really hard to find someone who's just like born really good at it um, because there's a technical aspect, of course, that you have to understand um you can have this image in your head of what you want and i think that's why i love directing as well um it's translating it and knowing you know how is the lighting going to factor in what lens am i using what um you know what camera is going to allow me to like if i potentially need to crop in or or uh, how many megapixels does it have you know i i need to understand that in order to achieve the final product and you're you're just not born understanding how a mm. camera works so like there's always skill involved and even with drawing painting singing like there's there's always th there are always things that have to be learned when it came to photography what would you say you were natural at and then what is something you had a really hard time grasping and like getting good at i think i had a, a good sense of the style I wanted to achieve. Like I always, when I look back at my photography, I was always kind of trying to create something that was more fine art looking and a little more abstract. Uh, and I have a whole row, you can't actually see them here, but behind you, there's mm -hmm. a whole row of some of my, my uh, photos that I've taken. And most of them are like mountains and hills and things, but they're all these, you, most of them are shot with, a long lens, my 100 to 400 mil. And it's all these little moments that ended up looking really beautiful. Like there's angles created with the clouds. The lighting is doing something interesting. There's like a color gradient. So they're not things that when you're looking at the whole vista, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, very beautiful mountains. But you zoom in and you can create like this cultivated image. Like it is a moment in time that was real, but the way that everything's moving makes it look like almost too good to be true and like like 
the symmetry of it or, or whatever it is. So I've always been searching for that element. And I think that that's always what piqued my interest. And that's one of the biggest differences I see between my style of photography and my husband's, for example. Um, but the, I, I, I feel like with anyone, like the technical aspect and especially lighting, like that's, it's, it's hard to, to figure out, to mm -hmm. be able to achieve what you want out of a photo. And sometimes with, you know, I recently this week, I was um, photographing cars, which I'm very transparent about. It's not something I do a lot of. It's something my husband loves doing. So he's like over the moon now that I started doing that. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, but what was interesting to me about that is I was using this technique with a strobe and I went around the car and I was, I took multiple images and I brought them into Photoshop and I was piecing them all together to, to light the car perfectly um, rather than just taking it with natural light alone. And the photo is epic. It looks so good. And that's mm. what I was interested in was that little technical challenge and learning that. So, and the the lighting challenge, like that's not something I, I even thought of until I was looking up car photography and found out, oh my gosh, that's how people do it is they use strokes. Like, I don't know everything about everything. Mm. I'm still like, there's lots of things that I'm not good at that I'm, I'm getting better at. And um, that's the fun part about this is like, you're always learning and it's always... Um, it's such a fun job in that way. Cause like, we're just messing around, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> and do, you, do you think that's like a big misconception with, uh, photographers who, uh, especially who have the following you do on YouTube that you do know everything. And it's like, you're on YouTube, just like everybody else being like how to do car photography, how to light this yeah. or how to light that. Like I'm, I am 29 years of age. Mm. There are a lot of things like there are a lot of things I know, don't get me wrong. And I'm, I'm secure in that and I have information to share and I do. But at the end of the day, I, I never claim to know everything about everything. So when you get comments going, oh, well, you messed up here. She doesn't really know anything about this or like you can't, you know, you know, just bashing you. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah I'm, st I'm still, I am still learning, but here's my attempt at this. And I think it was pretty cool. And now you can go and like, I found this information. This is what worked for me. And now I'm sharing what's worked for me with you. And that's everything on YouTube though. That's literally everything, whether it's a makeup tutorial, whether it's um, like a house DIY, you know what I mean? Like we're all just, we're just people filming the process and that's what makes it fun. And like, you will learn something from it at the end of the day in the way that I learned something from looking up something else online. And that's like the cool thing about the information is I'm just putting it together in a fun package for you to watch as the personality that showcases this to you. But yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure to, and I think that's why a lot of people don't start their YouTube channels is because they feel like they have to know everything about everything. And that's just never going to happen. And just don't lie about it. Um, yeah. And it come, it's the same thing with like getting your first job is a lot of people are like, oh, how could I freelance? How could I do this? You know, I'm not perfect yet or I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. So how can I charge? I'm like, that's not the point. Your work has value um, no matter what skill level you're at. There's someone that's out there that doesn't have that camera that doesn't know how to use it. And there is a price point that suits that level of expertise. So you should absolutely charge for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how and how do you differentiate or do you have a hard time differentiating between constructive criticism and just like the occasional online troll? Um, I 
it's pretty easy to distinguish the two. Um, usually, and I have no problem with getting criticism online. Like a lot of it just bounces off me at this mm -hmm. point. There is There are very rare occurrences where something actually does upset me. The ones I find the most disappointing are when they're obviously sexist or obviously mm. hurtful and trying to attack you. And I'm just like, why are people like this? Like, it's almost, it's not even the comment that makes me sad. It's more that like that person just exists on my earth with me. <laughs> like, I don't like to think about you. Yeah. <laughs> I pretend you don't exist. And now I have to actively filter you out of my life. But I just... I just delete and block. I'm like, this is my community. I choose yeah. who lives here and it's not you now. <laughs> <laughs> and even in the community, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube, I know your main presence is YouTube. When, as far as photography goes and when, was it a hard transition into video and YouTube or was it pretty easy? Um, from like our production company, sorry? No, uh, from like a personal standpoint, because I know you were skilled and before you even started YouTube, like before you even decided to bring video into like your personal brand. I mean, it was, um, I really didn't anticipate what like having a personal brand was going to entail. It was more so, and you can visit my channel and watch my um, creator video that I have as soon as you log on to my YouTube channel to, to see exactly what my motivations were. But I just didn't like how there were so few women in the photo video space on YouTube. So honestly, I didn't think much about it um, other than the fact that I didn't like that and who else to be the change you want to see in the world, but yourself. And I was obvious, you know, I was transparent about the fact that like, I'm not the best at everything, but there is information I know. And I do think I'm very good at what I do. And um, my husband had already started his YouTube channel and he was getting like all the credit for our production company and which I was not okay with. I'm like, hi, it is half mine. Hi. And people are praising him up and down for everything he's doing. And I'm like, well, what I'm doing is absolutely no different. Yeah. So pray me, you know, um, no, I'm just like, <laughs> why, if I don't exist on the platform, people aren't going, like, there was no difference in my mind between myself and my husband. So why not be another, like, if he's doing it, why, you know, why can't I? And therefore, mm -hmm. if other women see me doing it, why can't they? So um, I just wanted to be a person available for people to look at and go, oh, I should do that. You know, she's doing it. I should do that too. And then, you know, the ball started rolling and it was opportunities came up that were very unique and exciting. And, um, I loved like it, it feels good to know that you're making a difference in somebody else's life, even in a small way and providing that information. And, um, that has become one of my passions now. And, um, the life that it has afforded me is so freaking cool. And so now, yeah, that's, that's what I love. And I, I, it's weird to consider yourself like a personal brand, mm -hmm. but I know that's the smart marketing way to go about it. So here I am, like, yes, I'm a yeah, it's, it's teaching online is really fun and I get to try new things and I get to travel to cool places and I get to help people. And now 
my focus is developing more products and courses um, where I can do that. Yeah. And when did you start to see, uh, I guess, business pick up for you, like brands reaching out to you when you started your YouTube channel? Was it in the very beginning or was it towards the middle or just kind of when you crossed a certain number threshold, um, if you remember that? I was getting some small ones here and there. There was um, a fairly new agency at the time called Space Station Integrations, and they'd been working with um, our friend Peter McKinnon and my husband, Chris Howe, had been working with them. And so I thought, you know, I'll do a little one here and there, you know, some some side caches and, uh, you know, no one's mad at that. No. So, yeah, I did. I did a few things uh, here and there. And it was but it wasn't until like our production company was my main source of income until I had been doing YouTube for, I say, a good year. And it was at that point that I. Chris kept saying, you know, you're going to look at me at one point and you're going to say, what am I going to do? Because I'm getting all these, you know, sponsorship offers and you're going to have trouble managing the business. And I looked at him a year later, I was like, I'm getting all these sponsorship offers and I'm having trouble managing the business and I don't know what to do. So then it, it just became we were more selective about the jobs we took on um, because you have to look at, you know, at the end of the day, it's your life. Like there's there's making money and there's there's business, but it's your life. What do you want your life to look like? Um, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? And so that's when obviously my personal brand made more sense to prioritize a little bit more. Um, but with that said, the company has never gone away. We're just very selective of the jobs that we take on. Um, and we have our little list of criteria that they mm -hmm. have to meet in order for that to happen. Um, but yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough decision. Like it's like, and I, I talk about this a little bit in some of, um, and some of my content online, but it was like leaving my nine to five and freelancing. Well, I was freelancing while I was doing my nine to five. So I left my nine to five. Chris and I started our production company together. That was really stressful. And we have the production company. Then I feel like I'm not leaving it, but I have to take a step back in a way in order to prioritize my personal brand. That was also scary. So I had to do this like a couple times and it's not fun because you feel like you're again stepping outside of your comfort zone again taking an even bigger risk um but you know i was listening to a podcast the other day and the the girl her name is uh alessia and she has her own like fitness brand and she said something that i've been preaching but in a much more eloquent way hmm. and she was like there's always you know you can start it's easier to start your own business when you're young because you don't have anyone else relying on you. You don't have as many responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of always what I've said, but she's, but we, we know you can always go back to that nine to five, whenever you need, that's always going to be there. There's always a good time to go back to a nine to five, which I, I, I knew I could always go back to it, but the way she put it was, there's always a good time to go back to your nine to five. There isn't always a good time to start your own business or to, you know, create your own personal brand or start that YouTube channel or, um, or freelance or whatever it is, that is a more unique scenario than going back and getting a normal job. Yeah. And that was like 1000%. <laughs> yeah. I have heard that also before like a rendition of it. Cause I think I know not a lot of people or either there's parts of like Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about that. He's like, jobs are there. 
He's like, so they'll always be there. So it's like, God forbid if your personal brand went down and your uh, production company went down, you could always get another job. Like they're there for you're not going to not get hired. Like, yeah, you will get another job. Mm -hmm. But the circumstances in which you are free enough to start your own business, it just gets harder. The older you get, the you know, you have kids, you get married, you have a house responsibilities, you want to save for retirement, you want to go on a trip, you want a car, you know, whatever those things are. So it was easy. When I was like 24, it was perfect. Yeah. I was renting. Things were easy, you know? Um, now, now that I, I, I have a house, um, I have little cats, you know, all of those things. So yeah, stressful. And as far as I know, creative sometimes can be a little disorganized and with all your streams of income, whether that's the personal brand, uh, the production company, how do you stay organized with everything? With great difficulty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take small steps every year. I mean, no one's perfect. Like even a few years ago, I remember sitting and like categorizing my expenses and wanting to cry. Um, now I have, I have an accountant, I have a bookkeeper. I just hired a CFO. So, uh, I have a process, um, financially, but I mean like, no, you don't go from zero to a hundred. You, you do these of uh, a NAS. I didn't have that until like six, eight months ago. So, and, and a lot of that comes with like financial investment. You can't do all of that yourself. You can do your best, but you got, you have to forgive yourself a little bit that like, no, it's not going to be a hundred percent perfect initially, especially if you're doing this completely on your own. Um, but I have, I have a, I used to have a Monday. Now I have a ClickUp where I have all of my videos for, you know, the usually it's month to month. So we'll plan all our videos for this month, like kind of at the end of the previous month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, you know, what what date they're due for the sponsor, what agency they're with, the budget, our script is in there. You know, that is our master plan of everything. Um but I have a Google drive. Like it takes time to be that organized. My husband is not, <laughs> well, he is not. Um, he's the first to admit it. He's getting better, but I just, you know, there are things, it depends on the type of person you are, but I can say that like taking that extra time to be more organized will, I would argue it will improve your business as a whole, just having that data and information available especially for your team but it also just makes your life easier it yeah. makes you a happier person um you feel more on top of your things and that is priceless <laughs> <laughs> and you keep mentioning your husband uh for those who don't know uh it's chris how he yeah. you, like you said you guys are all part of the dope squad yeah. and whatnot but yeah. what is it but you guys are the only i believe if i'm are you guys are the only couple so it's yeah. like what is it like working with your husband and because like you guys are always together yeah, yeah like on top you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly i mean initially if we want to talk about like day one of having our production company we were working together even in school on little projects here and there 
Um, my personal belief is that when you're married, that is a working relationship in itself mm. because you're going to have financial investments together. You have to decide how to raise your kids together. That is, you know, that is massive. Um, you have to be very vulnerable with each other emotionally and practically in terms of how you want to live your lifestyle like that. You're, you're splitting in investments in life and financially together. So that's a lot. And then to go and work with your husband, that's the easy part, in my mm. opinion. You know, it's it's a lot scarier to have somebody know, I mean, this is me, like have someone that I love and have a romantic relationship now knowing how much money I make and having access to my financials. That's weird to me. Mm. But just working with someone day to day and talking about business and going out on shoots, like that's easy. That's Those are conversations that aren't hard to have. It's just like, well, we need to get this shot over here. You forgot to send this email. Go do that. Like it's, yeah, we have arguments. We have disagreements about how to approach certain projects. But over time, if you're good at communicating and you work at communicating better, none of us are born perfect at it. Um, you'll, you'll get through it and you'll be fine. You know, some, some, I know some couples swear up and down, I could never work with my husband. I'm like, but you kind of already are mm -hmm. in a way if you have a house and have kids and, and all of those things. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a unique relationship, but we talk now about, you know, looking at where our life has gone and, you know, we love our lifestyle and we just don't know how we would have been in a relationship with anyone else who didn't do the exact same job. Yeah. It would be so weird because it's pretty easy for us to sell each other in on going on the same trip or working on the same job. Or if I don't, if I can't do a certain job, then I'll pass it along to him and vice versa. So at least, you know, the cash flow is staying in the household and we can go do these experiences together. If we couldn't, we would both be spending a lot of time alone. It would be very odd. And I know some of my other creator friends are having, you know, it's challenging for them to find somebody to be with because they have such a crazy schedule and they love to travel and they don't want to be tied down here and people have different priorities so it's unique but uh it works perfectly for us and that's awesome because i mean communication is key and i think from the outside looking in and i think everyone or a lot of people think like oh you work with them you live with them and like it's just like so much time together i think people are like oh my god do you guys ever get tired of each other it's like you just go to your end i'll go to mine so we don't because yeah. i, I i've <laughs> back in the day i worked uh in a restaurant with the family and uh there was some really interesting blowouts so i i'm always curious to how people's like how your work relationship works because if you're around that person all the time it's like you love them but there's probably gonna be times where uh, that flight of stairs is looking pretty, uh, pretty comforting. It's like, huh. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely like, we have arguments, but I mean, every couple does, but they're not like, we don't, it, it's not like a work related argument that blends into a personal one. Yeah. Um, if it's work related, I keep it work related. If it's personal, I keep it personal. Um, and we try our best to, to do that. And, you know, we put our phones away in the evening as much as we can. And, um, you know, Chris likes to work a little bit later and that's been interesting because then he's working when we kind of need to be making dinner and I'm like, 
no, you're not leaving me with dinner every night, sir. That's not <laughs> happening in my feminist household. Um, and so, yeah, like there's, there's things we work on. Um, there was something else I wanted to bring up and now I'm losing my train of thought, but, oh, we definitely value our time alone for sure. We're both very independent people. And that's also, I think why we work well together. We love spending time together, being together enriches our life. And it's a choice to, to be together in our relationship and work-wise, but we both also love being alone or with our friends. And I say to him all the time, like, sometimes I just want to go on a trip with like my best friend or my girlfriends because I'm just me without you, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. when we're together, we're kind of like a two in one deal. Yeah. But when I'm alone, I'm I'm me entirely. And like he's been in Ottawa the last couple of days for a job and I'm half introverted. Like I love seeing people, but I also love my own time. I have been alone for the last three days and loving every second of it. <laughs> Let me tell you, I just go for walks. I listen to audiobooks. I go to the gym. I'm just like recharging because I know this weekend I'm going to be at a wedding with a bunch of people for three days and I'm going to have the best time. Um, but I, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, stronger. <laughs> all of those things. So it's nice to, we do schedule alone time. And sometimes he's like, Oh, you're going for dinner with your best friend. Can I come? I'm like, no, 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 not Girl, tonight, like girls, you can come after. Yeah. Girls only. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, I, and forget, and I remember, I guess you got, I'm not sure if you got, I meant to look before we started this, but I know you guys had a podcast together before, uh, beforehand. And did you yeah. correct me if I'm wrong? Did you guys say at one point that you guys were not going to get married? And that was like against what you guys were thinking of what your future was looking like. And you guys were going to be that couple where it was like, you're together, but not officially married. We talked about, um, well, I think like any couples, like, is that in the cards for us? Is that something that we want? And okay. like in the same discussion, in the way that you have, you have the discussion, like, do we want kids? Is that what our life is going to look like? How many do we want? What does mm -hmm. that look like? Um, so it, we didn't think about not doing it as much as like we weighed our options and like what that would look like. But I think we always kind of, I, I wanted to be married and I, and he does too. And now that we are married, we like, we like the feeling of it. We also like how we're treated in society when it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, for unfortunately, yeah. um, but people treat us and in our families, they treat us like a sure thing now, yeah. like a, like a couple, like a, like family. And when you're just dating or even when you're living together, that's not always entirely there for people. And so we do like, you know, receiving the, I don't know what the word is, the security that we feel yeah. in our relationship. It's nice to, that other people get it now that yeah. we've made this whole show being married, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I could talk to you about this stuff all day, but uh, Zoom is now, get, I didn't know if you saw the little ticker. It's like yeah. rushing us out. So we've got about three minutes um, right before, because I want to give you a chance to talk about all your courses and things like that. But I've got to know real quick. Who's a better photographer, you or Chris? Obviously me. <laughs> He's very talented. There's no one better than the other. We have we both excel in different styles of photography, I would say. 
You have very different eyes, but I but, can't say that. But it's like, but you're the better one. But I'm the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a last question, um, regardless of numbers and statistics and everything that you create, if you had to, if money wasn't an issue, numbers weren't an issue, everything like that, what type of content would you create and why? Interesting. If money weren't an issue, money, algorithms, views, subs, nothing, society pressures, creative pressures, photography were, and, and video, like it would definitely be a part of it because that is my life. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, I think I would include more vlogs. I would just film daily life, funny things. Um, and I'm still trying to find a way to do that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would vlog more. Yeah. I love watching them. <laughs> yeah, same here. And is that going to be a part of the I know you mentioned earlier in the interview that you've got some courses that you were working on. I'd love for yeah. I'd love to hear about them. So I am working on an online course It has it is launching uh, in 2023, hopefully January. Um, and it's for everyone who you know, if you're a photographer or videographer and you you want to make this thing a business and you have no idea how, that is what I'm going to help you do. So it's it's from passion to profession. Love Taking it. Taking y'all all the way there. <laughs> and where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, at Lizzie Pierce. Lizzie is with an I-E and Pierce is with E-I. Um, you can go to my website, same thing, lizziepierce.com. Um, I am Googleable. You'll find mm -hmm. it all. And we'll put whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it in the podcast, I will definitely put all your information below. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.